1: Welcome back. Episode 309 of the What Up No Podcast. Yep. yep. I'm going to partially apologize for this this week for last week. Not because we didn't put anything out and everything was good.
2: I just don't remember what the fuck I talked about. I was high as fuck, dog. Man, like, the only thing I remember from that shit beyond, (laughs) like, the first, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes is that I could even though I was high, I could tell we wasn't talking about shit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, man, this shit feel kind of dead. And like, once that thought entered my mind, if I feel like you felt the same way and was like, all right, let's wrap this up. Yeah.
1: And I I do recall moments where I felt that you felt it was dead and you were interjecting different shit and we keep it going, but I couldn't follow suit. Like I was fucking high as hell. I mean, yeah. it is the purpose of the podcast for that, but God damn, I was high as shit, dog. Like all oh, right because i did no did i do the i just did the edible okay no nah, i was trying to think when i did that fucking pre-roll i did the pre-roll uh yeah
2: that, that was a different, different, that day. Was a different yeah. day
1: um which is interesting because i i know very little about you know we and different strands and stuff like that but when we was talking about it you know mentioning that you got more what, what so i the one i the pre-roll i had was I guess for like low energy or uh, chilling or how would you describe that? Well, I, I don't know what pre-roll you we had. <laughs> well, uh, I'm just saying just the the difference
2: in certain, certain oh, strains, I guess. That's oh, more... uh, like Indica versus Sativa. Yeah. Indica is more like a chill relaxation and Sativa is a more sparking like creativity. And I don't want to say energy. Um, it can be that way for some people. It doesn't really work that way that much for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm so not expecting us. I just, I just
1: start running miles and shit. But no, no, saying? no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just sometimes uh, I, I, I try my best to stay away from indica because I'm already low energy often, and I'm usually pretty tired. So if I have a, if I have indica, I, I won't stay up, and I don't like, I don't like getting high and then falling asleep right away. I want right. to be able to enjoy it. So like, I try to stick with hybrids or straight sativa if I can to just minimize that. But yeah, like indica is, is the ones that is more for like, uh, for like relaxation and shit. Like if somebody was like, yeah, I'm having trouble sleeping, I'd be like, yeah, you need indica in your life. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna try to get pre
1: rolls of sativa or more of an active one, um, mm-hmm. just to see how how I do with that. I I do like the idea of the pre roll better than the edible because I could get more of a instant high versus having to time in and wait out that whole, uh, animal. So,
2: yeah, I, I like that aspect. I just don't, I, for me, I don't like, uh, the time it takes to smoke it. Like, like if I want to, like, if I want to actually smoke a joint, I have to smoke a joint, like, you know, however much time it's like, if you get a pre-roll, you don't have to roll it. But like, if you have to roll it, that takes time. And then actually smoking, it takes time, whereas like an edible, I can pop that, eat that in five seconds. And then, yeah, I got to wait. But if I plan it out, I could be like, all right, if I want to be high at 930, I'll eat the edible at 830. So like mm-hmm. I can, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. plan it out that way. Or if I or, you know, if I haven't eaten in a while, maybe I'll uh, have it a little bit closer to when I want to when I want to start feeling it. But like for yeah. me, the top two are the bong and the and the vape, because those I don't I don't have to spend a lot of time with. And I don't have to, and I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the high better.
0: Like if I smoke,
2: if I smoke my, if I smoke out of my bomb or if I smoke like a joint or something like that of my, if I have a hybrid or a sativa, I probably will be able to stay awake and enjoy the high. But if I have an edible, nah, like, I I feel like I just can't really function on edibles. Like i I'll, I'll be like, just kind of just sitting there and just be I'll be high and enjoying it, but I won't really be able to move. Like I'll just, <laughs> just be sitting there, and then eventually I'll fall asleep. Which yeah, I, the bong is my preference, but I'm all out of flour. so I'm, and I'm only got one edible left, so I'm actually probably gonna make a run uh, tomorrow or Friday. Yeah, I uh,
1: I think the the pre-road is definitely for the procrastinator to me They didn't, They didn't time it out well to wanting to, you know, uh, um, you know, plan it out. Well, okay. I take it at such and such time, be high by such and such time or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I, I, but I just like the instant of it. Like, you know, I was granted, you know, it's a time it takes for that shit, but, uh, yeah, I was good with that. So I'm definitely going to look for that more. So, um, uh, but yeah, so before, I guess just to jump right into shit. Uh, Johnny sent this fucking screen. I don't know. I don't understand that he he doesn't. I don't think Johnny knows the level that I'm a Stevie Wonder fan. Like He wouldn't have he,
2: sent that if he did. I feel like he doesn't <laughs> Unless know. Unless he was doing it to fuck with you.
1: But I don't, yeah, think, I'm he, like, I don't think he knows. <laughs> I just don't think he knows. Uh, so he sent this screenshot from Facebook of a guy saying, am I the only one who didn't know that Stevie Wonder had? And then he put in, quote, hit hits. And then I'm looking at the comments and people are basically saying, yeah, you are uh, yeah, you are the only one. You're not serious. And then Johnny comes in, being Johnny, saying... Um, and I only say being Johnny, I say that playfully because we we tend to disagree with a lot of shit, but somehow we still cool. Um, <laughs> he comes in like Stevie Lowkey, the trash singer. Now, I don't like the take, but I guess I've heard that take before. So I'm, it's not strange you know um, so I could take I mean singing is, is you know subjective or whatever um, so I could take that to your point I could take that better than you asking at the right age or however old this motherfucker is which I know he's in, at least in the 40s 30s 40s that Stevie doesn't have hits like nigga, where the fuck have you been all your life like how do you not know that Stevie Wonder that has hits that is fucking stupid that is stupid to me right how <laughs> Like, come the fuck on! Like, I always see people say shit. I'm on the only one, and I always thinking like, no motherfucker, it's eight million people in this fuck billion people on this earth. Like, you can't be the only one. But really, that like, come on, dude! Like, you have you been not around a radio for all your forty years of life or whatever the fuck? <laughs>
2: yeah, and I think too. Um, I think, I, I, well, for one, I think Johnny's comment of him being a trash singer was not a troll, but an exaggeration for effect like i think it's meant to kind of rile people up a little bit even though i think he probably believes it to some degree but i think that the i think specifically the word trash i think is him uh doing a lot because like you can look at it like if you want to look at it from a, a strictly vocal perspective you could you could make an argument that he's not like like if you if you list like people who have actual great vocals and singing voices you might not put him in there like you might look at like if who depending on who you are you might say you know Whitney Houston or who you know whoever the fuck you the, again like you said it's subjective, but I think trash is just objectively wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's objectively fucking wrong. <laughs> like no, nah, you just you don't say trash. You may not like his songs. I mean, I even like the way he sings. But there's no reason for you to say trash. Like yeah, I man, Johnny gonna have some words. He ain't came back yet to comment in the chat yet, but. Yeah, and I don't I think, even think he uh, even listens to the podcast, so he won't even hear any of this shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that, like, if you, like, I think the absolute worst you could say is that his vocal ability is the thing that he's least great at. <laughs> and I think that's the only thing you could say. Like, you might like, OK, he's a better songwriter. He's a better uh, composer of a song. He makes good, great songs. He makes great albums. Like, you might put all those things ahead of his actual vocal ability. And I think that's probably the worst you could say. A trash singer is not like now you like, stepped out of reality, yeah. Like,
1: yeah, that's just oh, that's just crazy. Um,
2: and that's just like the one fucking,
1: uh Pistons dude, uh, who who said that to Pimp a Butterfly, which was uh, oh, yeah, Kendrick's <laughs> album for anybody who's been under a rock or don't listen to uh, hip hop, um, it's the best album of all time. Now, this is the second. Fucking pistons writer that I'm i I'm almost willing to fucking unfollow because of the music takes. Like dude, the first what? the first is another guy. I think his name is Is it it starts with a O. Oh, I'm gonna say Amari or
2: Oh yeah. Amari Sank something yeah him. he's the free press. he's not the free press he's the detroit news uh, detroit news writer. pistons
1: writer beat yeah. writer but i'm, I'm, I'm I, I saw him doing pistons so i didn't know if he was a fully pistons but i guess just yeah he's, he's for
2: the yeah he's for the detroit news so yeah he's like the pistons news guy rod beard was the free press guy mm-hmm. and okay. james edwards the third is for uh
0: the atlantic the,
2: I think. yeah the atlantic, yeah yeah, well, so yeah. I used to follow
1: I followed him and you know his pistons his pistons commentary was cool, nothing crazy. I mean I did notice he was, you know, noticeably younger, but you know, I'm I'm not hating on his ace to report the pistons. He did cool
2: Pistons stuff. I mean it was okay. Um am I, but then, but real quick, am I tripping? Is it the Atlantic or the Athletic? No, you're not tripping. Because I'm now I'm not sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's the Atlantic or the Athletic. Now I'm confused. I, I was saying the at, at Atlantic as well, but now I'm questioning myself. But yeah, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no,
1: I, now I just need to really actually look it up. It's the okay. athletic. You're it's okay. athletic. Oh, it I'm is. Okay, the,
2: it is athletic. You're right. Not Why did we both think it was Atlantic?
1: <laughs> because Atlantic is is, is probably because a fucking of real cigar
2: thing. place. Well, oh, no, it, It's probably because no, of c- it's, a, it's
1: a real publication.
2: Oh, it, wait. Yeah, wait. I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> I promise I'm not high right now. But yeah. Uh, Whatever. So yeah, he right for the Athletic. The Atlantic.
1: I'm almost certain the Atlantic is
2: a. Uh... I feel like you're right. I'm pretty sure you're right. I think it is a thing. But yeah, what did, did what did Omari? What's his face? What did he say? Do you remember his bad music tape? And did you actually oh, block him or unfollow him or what? I, did, I just unfollowed him. I ain't blocked. Okay. It wasn't that bad.
1: Um, it is the Atlantic. So yeah, it is a uh, that is a news tape. Okay. But I don't think they cover sports, so
2: <laughs> I don't think I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but it was right around the time that uh um how are you gonna call them little boat, Little Yachty? Uh <laughs> he did a compilation with the uh with some guys here. Okay. So on it's like a cartoon character uh um album, and I think he had like uh um, what's the motherfucking name who did uh first day out? Uh oh T Grizzly? Yeah. yeah. Um he had him, I think he had Sada uh on there. It was and I think he just did stuff with some people from here and shit. Mm-hmm. Um and so, but he kept talking about that album and talking about Yacht, I mean, Yachty being some kind of you know decent rapper or something. And I was just like yadi like i'm not i'm not follow nobody that talks about like yadi as a one of their fucking people they listen to like i'm just too old for that shit
2: um uh, i, I, I wouldn't just, even be mad necessarily if you listen to the nigga but like if you try to tell me he dope, uh like i again i think that's just objectively false and that's not even me being a hater like cause like because most of these young niggas i don't even know who they are but i've heard enough yadi verses to know this nigga is no good because <laughs> like, he's been featuring a lot of artists who I do listen to and I have yet to hear a Yachty verse that was not bad I'm not even gonna say good I have yet to hear a Yachty verse that was not bad so I don't know how he could have a take a positive Yachty take but hey maybe I haven't heard enough stuff yeah I was just like okay because he did a he did a, a mixtape called Michigan Boat Boy Maybe, maybe Baylor will check in with us next week and be like, nah, y'all sleeping on Yachty. He got some bad I hope not, man. <laughs> I really,
1: I really like Baylor. He's he's a good brother, man. But I hope I got to, to block Baylor for this shit. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so he was talking about that, and that the I think if right he around so, he ain't gonna say so now. I know <laughs> right? shit. I'm
2: about to get blocked. I ain't even gonna tell him.
1: <laughs> and so he I was, was about like, to drop
2: like, "Some Yachty tracks for that, day. right?" Hey, <laughs> like,
1: that nigga Ben, I've dropped no fucking Yachty tracks. Um, <laughs> Because I was telling him about at this, I think at that round at same time Apollo Brown had did his Detroit album, which featured like a ton of fucking artists. And I was like, "Well, if you want to listen to some Detroit, you know, this is who you, you know, I was, you know, suggest that." And then I was like, "Why am I talking to somebody who who listens to Young Yacht, uh, Young, <laughs> whatever the fuck his name is?" So. <laughs> That was that. I was like, I can't do this. And it was like, I still followed Rob Beard. So I was like, I could get my Pistons commentary from him and shit. So it was cool. And then I found the guy James Edward III and I was like, Oh, cool. And then when he did that shit, I was just like, are you fucking serious? Like it's, it is really okay to like an album a lot, like a whole lot, like, like it better than a lot of stuff you've heard. But to say it's the best album of all time, like, come on now. And I, I don't, I, I feel like I don't have to co-sign of saying I am a Kendrick fan, but that's not the case. I don't even think you have to have to be a Kendrick, Kendrick fan to be like, that's just fucked up. Like, that's just a bad fucking take. And you he know, could have been fucking playing about it or not been as serious, but I don't know. I thought nah, he like, was dead ass. I bet, yeah. I tell <laughs> he's probably dead dead serious. Because he
2: tried to make a case. Like, if you take it, take it to account, because he even included album artwork. Like, if you take it to account. The composition and the uh, the 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 bars, the beats, the 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 sound of it, and and the album artwork. That might be the greatest album of all time. No, he was dead ass dog. <laughs> yeah. Even I mean, I, I mean, as
1: much as I just, I as much as I want to knock him for the shit, I was trying to get him benefit of doubt. But no, you're right. He 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 definitely felt it. When people started saying that kind of shit or started saying shit like sonically and shit like that, they're really (laughs) on some shit of, you know, and I'm like, and that's why I was like, I was just thinking of random ass music, and I was just like, I could think of 30 albums that's probably better than that, that I wasn't even a real fan of, or like I, you know, stand over, and it was better than fucking To Pimp a Butterfly. And and To Pimp a Butterfly was a cool album. I don't even think it's Kendrick's best album, but
2: whatever. I was waiting to say that. Cause I, yeah. I when he, when I saw the tweet, that was my first thought was like, that's not even Kendrick's best album. But then I was like, let me, I'm not even going to say nothing. I'm not even going to think, I'm not even going to bother. And then maybe like a day or two later, I was like, let me listen to it again. And I didn't make it all the way through. And that's not to say that I didn't make it all the way through because it's trash. It was just like a thing where like, when I started it, I got home before it was over and I didn't pick it back up. Cause that's where I do most of my music listening is in the car. Right. And, yeah. um, like the middle portion of that album is just kind of like I don't want to say it's boring, but it's like it's not it's not head nod music. Like I'm not I wasn't listening to car like man this shit bang like that seemed like the kind of shit that you play on the radio when you are on when you are all your homies are like sitting outside drinking smoking weed or smoking cigars or whatever you do or y'all chilling and talking. like it's like chill background music almost in the middle of that album. And I was like, I'm like, this doesn't even feel like this doesn't make me feel any kind of way, and like I'm like this to me, this it's not even his best album. I'll so not, I'm like, I can't I'll, even.
1: That it's funny you mentioned. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. The no, I, you I, mentioned I was, I was done. That 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 part of the album, which I I totally know what the fuck part of the album you're talking about. And I just similar to what you're saying, I describe it as if on a. Going off on a tangent was a section of an album. That would be it. Like, what the fuck are you doing? What is
2: this shit? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it had like long skit. Like, well, for one, I'm not a fan anymore of like interludes and skits because I feel like most of the time they're filler. Like, they don't actually contribute in any kind of way. Like, there was a time when like interludes and skits like fit thematically into a to an album. Where like the the skip would like lead into a song or something like that, but there was some interlude on there, and I'm just like, why am I even listening to this? But then there was an interlude later that was like kind of dope, and then it did lead it to a song. So it's like that's not like a, a a overall criticism of that album, but that's just to say like like you said like if going on a tangent was a thing, like like th- there was just there was a point in that album where there was I can't remember how many consecutive tracks where I was just kind of like I don't really want to listen to any of these songs in the car. And like, to me, that is an indictment on a hip-hop album if I feel like it's not good car music. <laughs> That's I, I feel like. I, I think if
1: any, I honestly, and I was going uh, on a limb and say, I think any album that doesn't hit car music isn't a good album.
2: Yeah. I mean, because I, I feel like, especially for, for Black folks, uh, like the way we take in hip-hop, like it's always been one of those things where like you bang it in the car, you take it back to... Uh, shit, back to like old, you know, the, I mean, it's probably still like this, but like back to when, you know, hip hop started really first popping off in Cali and you had the people and, you know, in the low riders and shit with the high or the hydraulics and like people just like banging shit in the car videos with were, were the rappers in the cars. Like we just like affiliate, we just associate hip hop with car with cars and being in cars. And like to me, like, The car is like your first major test that you have to pass because when I'm in the car, I'm listening to your shit pretty fucking loud. And it's not, it's not even because I'm trying to blast it so that everybody else can hear it. It's just like, I feel like in the car is where I can hear everything the best. Like every little part of the beat I can hear in the car. Like just like, it's just something about it where it's different than even headphones. Like, Well, depending on the headphones, but like even with like AirPods or something like that, you're not going to get the bass the same way you're going to get it in the car. So it's like, (laughs) it's like, it's not even comparable. So like the car test is like the big test that you have to pass. And if I feel like I don't really want to listen to your shit in the car, like that, (laughs) that's a problem. And like I started to play it and I got to a certain point in the album where there was like three or four consecutive tracks. So I was kind of like, this feels very, uh, just blah to me like just uh, okay like it's i feel like it's something where like if i was sitting in the garage and i was smoking a cigar i was smoking some weed and i'm watching you know watching basketball or something like that and i turn it on i'd probably vibe with those tracks that i didn't like in the car but even then i don't feel like if you don't pass the car test i mean and then
1: it's like second to when you second well the only thing that's second to the car test and is, is headphone test for me, and, it, mm. and like I say, depending on the headphones or whatever the case. But you know, I listen to many albums, you know, on the bus or doing, you know, when I was riding a bunch of years ago or now doing yard work or something around the house or something like that. So headphones and car tests, but car test is number one. You don't pass car The car test, like, come on, yeah. So yeah, I was just like, dog, you just you, you you these young motherfuckers are just making terrible fucking observations. And to the point I made earlier, you can have uh, fuck, I got a sneeze coming. Whew, shit, excuse me. I mm-hmm. cutting fucking matted pieces on my dog uh, fur earlier, and that shit starting to fuck with me. um And it's crazy, because I'm not allergic to him, but anytime I cut his hair, that shit always fucks me. Hmm. Um, excuse me, sorry about that. uh I lost track of what I was fucking saying. God damn it.
2: You were talking about the car test, and um, Oh lie. no no! Uh, the the point of n-
1: liking something to the point of saying it's the best ever, when it, as if to the, I think the point you had kind of said and made as if nothing else came before that shit. Like that's just that that's what exists and that's the best. Like I I hate those things. I I fucking hate those things.
2: Like I got to a point in that album where, like I said, once I was on those tracks and I was getting close to home and I was like. I only got enough time for, like, one more song. And I was like, do I want to hear the next song on this or do I want to just put on Money Trees? Yeah. <laughs> so I just put on Money Trees. Like, Yeah.
1: I mean, shit, I would go back to fucking section, was it Section 80? Because mm-hmm. uh, I actually I really, I really love that album. And I don't know if I think that's the best one, but I, I liked it better than fucking To Pimp a Butterfly. Uh, yeah. But whatever. I mean, shit, subjective, but goddamn. Like, for instance, uh. I, A recent current uh situation i'm not totally feeling Pusha t's album i don't i'm not saying i totally hate it it's not the worst album in the world and i'm not but that doesn't mean it's the point of it that doesn't mean it's the worst album in the fucking world that i'm just not feeling you know what i'm saying so
2: yeah and it's like and 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 that's the difference in the takes right because like you can like to pimp a butterfly and be like yo the pimp a butterfly is my shit without saying without trying to make the it's the best album of all time take which is the same as you saying I'm not feeling Pusha T's album instead of saying this is the worst album of the year or, uh, you know, whatever, you know, you don't have to have that. Uh, every take doesn't have to be the, the extreme one. And, you know, to put that, like to even put that in perspective, like I really like Pusha T's album. <laughs> and I've, it's, it's been interesting to watch the reactions to it because um, you, you and I have I think the the standard kind of just reasonable reactions to it. I'm not dying on the Pusha T's album. Is Good Hill? I don't care if if, if you don't like it, fine. If right, somebody right. else hates it, fine. If somebody else loves it, fine. Whatever. I really enjoy it, but like I've been seeing people arguing about this nigga album so hard, and I'm just like, I don't yeah, I was, I, like. I was it's watching, not. I was watching Facebook that serious, status dude.
1: and all that shit talking about. I'm just like, and to be fair. I've only did one one listen through and I don't like to uh, judge a whole I'll judge an album by just one listen through. I just haven't had opportunity to listen to it fully again. Um, and that, and that so that could change or not. But I'm not going on record to say it's you know, it's not good or whatever. Um,
2: but it's, ve- it's I will say it's very rare that I don't like something on the first listen and then I listen to it again and I do like it like there's It, it seems like multiple listens only serve to either they only serve to sway it a little bit in either direction. So, like, if it were me and I didn't like Pusha T's album and everybody else said it was good, I'll be like, all right, let me give it another listen. If I give it another listen, I'm probably not going to end up where I'm just like, oh, man, this is really good. I'm going to end up like, okay, well, it's not as bad as I thought it was. And that, Or I'm going to be happen. like, okay, it's exactly what I thought it was. I feel is, the same it, way. <laughs> that's exactly
1: what's going to happen. At this point, it's not going to turn – it's not going to uh, make a 180, I don't think, because – clear nah. point, for history history's sake, I've it hasn't been too many albums I've not liked the first listen that came back like you know what this shit good to the motherfucker <laughs> like it hasn't
2: happened. But I have an example of that happening to me. But go ahead.
1: Oh, uh, I just want to say, but I I will say a lot of times, and I remember when I was um I was distracted as fuck when I was listening to it. I was driving in the morning. And I think I hit a I had a railroad come up and some other crazy traffic. So I felt like I wasn't totally into it to to get a full listen. So um uh, I'm gonna do it again. So but what what was your example?
2: Oh uh, well before I get to my example, the first time I listened to Pusha T's new album, it was when I was grilling on a Saturday, I think. And um, so I was I but I had like uh my my big speaker that I have. I had it up my big Bluetooth speaker and it's not like when I say Bluetooth speaker, I don't mean like one of them little ones. It's like a big, full, a big giant fucking. uh, uh, It's 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 big. Like, it's not like a handheld speaker, like it's a big fucking speaker. So it plays really fucking loud and you can really get bass out of it, all that kind of shit. Like it's it's second best to to the car test. And I listened to it then. But I was also kind of distracted because I was grilling. So I'm like, I'm listening to it. I'm like, OK, this just seemed kind of straight. And then I listened to it in the car and I was like, yeah, I like this. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. uh, but again, that was only a moderate, a modest change in my original opinion. But the one time, the one time that did happen to me was with the Blueprint. And a lot of people, everybody liked the Blueprint. But when I first heard the Blueprint, I wasn't a big fan. And I think that was because of the fact that at that age, when Blueprint came out, I was more into, uh, like, Down South, like, you know, that kind of shit, like heavy fucking Manny Fresh beats and fucking Three Six Mafia beats. And like, I was into that shit around the time Blueprint came out. And Blueprint is an entirely different type of album and sound. And I didn't appreciate that when I first heard it. As I got older, when I would revisit the Blueprint, I liked it more every time. And like, so now I feel entirely different and granted, obviously a a ton of time has passed, but now I feel entirely different about the blueprint than I did when I first listened to it. And that just comes from like a maturity, not a combination of maturity and a combination of, uh, me being more open to various types of music and not just like, oh, this don't sound like a fucking juvenile album. So (laughs) I don't like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that was, I was just like, man, that, I just couldn't believe a motherfucker make a take like that, like, man, I mean, it, it's, it's not even trolling to be Twitter famers or something, I mean, he has a decent following, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, for the most part, he does cool with his, uh, Pistons, um, uh, Pistons tweets and all that shit, but I was just like, what the fuck, dude, but anyways, enough of that nigga,
0: <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> We do have a few. Actually, well, one more quick thing on there. No, go ahead. Another, another thing I've noticed as far as like, uh, not just the Pistons beat writers, but I think it's come to the forefront a little bit more, because over the course of this NBA season, I've followed a whole lot of Pistons and NBA accounts, like because I've just been like, I've been way more. I've, I've, I, I told somebody the other day like I'm back. As far as like basketball goes, because like I kind of simmered down on it a little bit um, with how, you know, how how I feel like the Warriors kind of made the style of play in the NBA to be all about three point shooting. And that really kind of took me out of it because I like to me, the game was less interesting. And I'm just like, man, it's all about three pointers and shit like that. And I got a little bit out of it, not how I was back in like, I'd say this probably I probably fell off in maybe like the 2010s decade. Whereas like I, I just I still kept up with it, but not to the degree that I did my whole life prior. But like now I'm back, like I'm fucking back. <laughs> like I'm I'm all in like the way I used to be. And so because of that, I followed a whole lot more uh, NBA and, and Pistons accounts over the course of this season. And I've noticed that and that that's caused me to notice how much younger these people are than us.
1: Oh, man. Way younger. Dog. Yeah. Way and like,
2: younger and. I, I notice it not just in stuff like the music takes, but even the basketball takes like the basketball takes be trash. And I'm just like, okay, I, do I know every player on the court on every team right now? Like I used to uh, probably from like 1988 to <laughs> 2010. No, but I, by the end of next season, I will. And nothing's changed as far as like my knowledge of like how the game works. And, and and what it takes to win uh, assessing how players are playing like none of that's gone and I'll be watching these young folks takes and I'm like you could tell these niggas that like haven't been watching that long just because they just are old enough to have been watching that long and I've also noticed that they rely way more heavily on advanced stats which was not a thing when I was Bruh, uh, heavy into it the fucking splits and all this other crazy shit all these fucking acronyms for these, all these obscure ass stats. And, and, and they think that that makes them know it. Like they think that that makes them know the game, that they could tell you all these obscure fucking advanced stats about all these players, all these fucking analytics. And like, to me, like none of that means shit to me because like, I feel like niggas don't, don't go by the eye test no more. I'm like, you can tell me all the stats you want, dog, but I just watched this nigga play. <laughs> like, yeah. like I don't need, I don't need to hear these fucking stats. Like I'm watching this nigga play. I'm watching these teams play. And, and that's why I've never I've never engaged in like LeBron versus Jordan debates. Like there's nothing to talk about. Like I don't care how many championships LeBron won. I don't care how many championships Jordan won. I don't care who got the most points, those triple doubles, the most MVP. None of that shit matters. I watched both them niggas at their peak. I know what I saw. I don't need to hear no advanced stats. So, like, I feel like a lot of these younger guys rely on advanced stats, and I'm just like, I don't know. There's just something about that that makes me feel like you're relying on that because you don't know the game that well. Well, that's that's, that's because, you know, I think it goes to the whole numbers
1: don't lie thing. And I'm like, you know, I, I get it. Uh, but you didn't see this motherfucker play live. Like you're not even going back watching videos. Like I seen these motherfuckers play,
0: yeah.
1: and that's part of the reason why I, I, I still don't engage much. Even although this is probably the most basketball in the last two three years, but, uh, specifically the last two years, I've probably watched in a good long time. But I can't engage. I can't engage with music. Uh, motherfuckers, and I can't engage with sports, motherfuckers, because I I be I be ready to call a nigga stupid like quick as hell. So yeah, and I just read. Twitter
2: or block you for that now.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just read and I just complain to you know what I'm saying you and Johnny and shit about these whole ass niggas and their random ass fucking opinions and shit. So, but yeah, yeah the, the, the 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 group is a lot younger now, and I you know I mean I don't hate them niggas. You know what I'm saying no, me
2: neither. I it's but, just you know it's, it's, I just, just don't engage with it.
1: Yeah, I, just, I, I see can't. it,
2: and I'm just like, eh, because like if you look, if you like 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 trying to argue with one of these like younger per- people who are like they might be beat writers for whoever the fuck, and they might be watching all kinds of games or whatever. But I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna engage with you on some of these conversations because like if we're talking about again going back to the LeBron versus Jordan debate because that's debate that's one that just doesn't go away, and if, for as generations of fans continue to to get into the game. Jordan versus LeBron is not going away. But if you fucking like this one, dude, uh, what's his name? Fucking Kool Khalil or whatever that nigga. Like I looked at his bio and it says something like he graduated high school in 2016. I'm like, like, and he, then I'm not picking on him. I don't even know if he's made a Jordan LeBron take, but hypothetically if he did, I don't got like, I'm not, there's no point to even discussing that with him. Cause I'm like, he's going to, if he, if he were to have that, he would likely run off a bunch of stats. Like, oh, here's what LeBron did versus uh, – here's LeBron's stats on the road versus teams that were over 500. Like, all this kind of shit that I don't fucking care about because I'm like, I don't give a fuck what LeBron's stats were on the road on the second night of back-to-backs, <laughs> you know, all this kind of shit. You, you weren't around to – like, I watched Jordan play. Like, peak Jordan. Peak Jordan was the 90s. I, wa- I watched all of it. And I watched LeBron's entire career, so I've seen it all. Like it, I don't care what you tell me about his stats, nigga. Like I, don't like I, it don't matter because I saw, I watched peak, peak Jordan, and you didn't. So there's not like what, what are we even talking about?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, so to that point, I just it, it just it just strong, strengthens the point of I just I just can't, I can't engage.
2: Like I that nigga engage. probably wasn't even born during peak Jordan, nigga. Like. <laughs> Come on, uh, like wait, 2016. So that means yeah. So if he graduated high school in 2016, that would let's say he was 18 when he graduated. That would make him bo- that would make him born in 1998. Like nigga, like what? I'm not discussing Michael Jordan with a nigga born in 1998. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not discussing. I'm
1: not discussing a lot with a nigga that was born when I was graduating from high school. Like, right. <laughs> it's just not happening. A lot. You just you just don't know a lot. You know. what yeah. I'm saying? You make you make a name. You make a yellow fucking. Uh, little Yachty songs or whatever the fuck, but you're definitely not telling me about anything uh substantial. <laughs> so yeah. it's not happening. You know, tell tell a motherfucker that, that talk to a motherfucker that, that fucking was born in 2002 or some shit, not me. You know <laughs> <It's> <laughs> right?
0: Not happening.
1: So whatever. Uh, well let's get into some of these because we got four 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 voice notes from Bayless. Hear some
0: mic hitting because
1: I'm trying to send this out right. Alright,
2: and just go for question. What about again? I All right, maybe so. I'm watching this Nuggets Warriors game in the background, and it really is kind of a travesty that Jordan Poole didn't win <laughs> did win Most approved Player though. Yeah,
1: yeah, he he's definitely been balling. Um
2: Like that, I, giving it to Jai was one hundred percent. Uh, sorry, we couldn't give you MVP, so we're gonna give you this instead. Move. Granted, he, I mean, <laughs> granted,
1: he was he did do a hell of improvement. He went from you know nineteen to 26, 27 points a game.
2: I don't know what his he, other stats. He was. just went from really, really good to great. Yeah, and I don't think yeah. that's enough to qualify you as most improved player. <laughs> like Jordan Poole qualifies, I think.
1: Yeah, I didn't look up his stats or nothing, but you know, I know he's been balling out and shit.
2: So, uh, or Desmond Bain, like, like, or Desmond Bain, like, um, Josh ja gave him his award. Did I you suspect, see that video? That was pretty, yeah, that was pretty dope. That was pretty. Did dope. you see the video where he came in and saw it?
1: Yeah, that's what. That's the only video I oh, saw. Okay, I saw, yeah. oh,
2: okay. I, saw I, I saw a picture on, I think it was Jaws Instagram, where he had, it was a picture of the box on. I'm assuming Desmond Bain's like kitchen counter. But then I later saw the video of him coming home and seeing it.
1: Yeah, that's the one I saw. Which begs the home. question of how how this nigga how and
2: this nigga that, put something in his house? And that's what, <laughs> and that was all the video was saying. Videos were saying like, how did
1: he get in his house though? I'm like, I mean, I
2: mean, <laughs> I think there's probably some trickery there.
1: Yes, I mean his but, people. I mean, you figure there was somebody there recording him walking to his kitchen. So you know, people know him, and you know, he know. I would assume that Jai, you know, could get to other people to do it. So you yeah. Know
0: but yeah uh let's see i get this email up. all right here we go another question what i though again another question i want to ask y'all is what what shows have y'all been um diving into a lot y'all expectations on certain shows that's coming to an end kind of like atlanta you know atlanta recently has been all over the place i know y'all watch wayne time that shit is phenomenal uh, but i'm starting to hear complaints about that because i think uh, the way they started off to where they're going now, which I don't have. I think I think this shit is a 10 out of 10 right now. Is that me being biased? Probably. But this bias shit is looking good right now. It's making my bias look good right now. Uh, but I'm hearing some complaints just a little bit that they're going off into the whole Lakers season uh, headed to a championship more than focusing on Magic. When Magic has a documentary out himself, so I, that part I don't understand. But I get it. I, I I I see people clinging on to more of the drama side than anything. This, this is this what the show was built for, anyway, right? Uh, the other thing is we got power coming to, um, yeah, power four coming to an end. I actually enjoyed the whole season. There were more complaints than uh, compliments when it came to this one. But, well, you know, I can't control how people watch or digest TV shows. I actually enjoyed it. Um, Did did y'all get into that? Or how did y'all think about that? If y'all do watch uh Power Series. Then we have uh Snowfall, which is arguably the best thing on TV right now. We got Ooh. the final season coming up. I want to know if y'all watched the season finale on that one. And I think that's about it. I'm catching the, um, I'm watching the Batman. I'm like about 75%. Um, into it right now. I, it's it's solid. It's solid. The way they shoot, they gotta stay. The, they gotta stay. They gotta stay the dark, gloomy, filthy, uh, cream Wu Tang video route in order to compete. To me, in order to compete, uh, compete with Marvel, and Marvel is like so many. It's damn near a decade and some change into the game of um, how they structure their shit. We, we already know that. I don't want to keep beating uh, DC fans over the head with that. But uh, I thought the Joker movie was phenomenal. I think that held it down. Uh, obviously, the Dark Knight series is, is solid. But I think that's it when it comes to that. They had other things that, that have came out, but nothing compared to those two. Um, and I really, and I honestly, I really put the Joker up there ranked high. This Batman, um, I'm not like I said I'm not even done with it. And I'm considering one of one of the one of the good ones. One of the good ones. I probably have to watch it again, but this one is this one is solid as well. So what have y'all really gotten into? Uh what do y'all think about the shows that y'all have been
2: in? It got way quieter.
0: Um, what are y'all looking forward oh, to there we go. any new shows that y'all are about to get into? And what shows do y'all watch that we If I had if, if I was to think what of what type of shows that y'all would watch what are some of the shows that I wouldn't I wouldn't think y'all would watch i don't even know if i said and i'm not high i'm actually totally sober this is the obvious of the last week um but what are some shows that y'all watch that y'all think that I wouldn't expect y'all to watch
1: um so let's start
2: with snowfall okay uh so he mentioned well, I- he mentioned snowfall, power, winning time. And what was the first thing? He mentioned something before winning time.
1: Snowfall, oh, power,
2: winning time. I think he, he did mention something before winning time, right? I thought it was just winning time. OK, maybe I'm tripping there. All right. <clears throat> uh,
1: I guess with snowfall, we can start with snowfall, um, uh, Snowfall dropped tremendously in my my favorites list because of the, the turn that they've taken this season with the crazy-ass LSD. Was that LSD? Yeah. From the LSD uh, episode to the fucking Tiger to no fucking information whatsoever about fucking Alton and goddamn Peaches. Like I enjoyed the finale, which was stupid because which not the episode was stupid, but stupid for me because I didn't think that was the last episode. Oh wow. For some odd <laughs> reason, I had a I had an idea there was one more episode. So when that shit ended, I'm like, oh shit. And then I commented in the chat. And then Johnny like, uh sir, that was the finale. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> like, and cause the thing is, I don't watch previews of it. I don't even watch the caption for the next show. So I just had no fucking idea that that was the last uh, episode. I thought the finale was cool. Um, the finale is actually better than a lot of episodes that been you know previous. Um, but they just kind of jumped the shark with the other shit. And I really don't know how season the the f- finale season is going to go. Um, like you got to address fucking Alton. You got to address fucking Peaches. And I mean. How's this shit going to end? I mean, I just hope they don't do no filler shit like uh, the LSD and fucking Tiger in the fucking, you know, uh, episode. So I know you have more stronger opinions. so
2: I'll let you go. Yeah, I'll try to be brief because obviously this is my lane. So I have plenty I could say on everything that he said. But I am gonna start by saying, uh, say you don't watch my YouTube without saying you don't watch my YouTube because <laughs> every question he asked, I'm sure you already know how you already know my answers. Yeah. Because you already know you know what I watch, you know what I don't watch, you know what I think about everything that he mentioned. <laughs> so uh yeah, but way, I, way, I, to, go, just, way to go, Baylor. I'm, yeah, but I'm not gonna give him shit, dog. Like I said, that nigga support, and that's all that really mattered. He support this and that that's that's all that mattered, uh like as long as that nigga show love, I don't give a fuck. You don't watch it, hey, that's that's fine by me. But um uh Snowfall, yeah. Um I think Snowfall this well, <laughs> I, I don't I, I hate giving an opinion that's so contrary to his but i feel like this season of snowfall was the worst of the five (laughs) and that's not and that's not even say it was like a bad season but like it did have i thought some bad portions to it um like you said that the tiger shit really pissed me off because like i said that that had no that had no impact whatsoever you could have removed the whole tiger portion and nothing changes within that within that pair of episodes And it felt like something that they just inserted just for I don't know why the fuck you would insert tigers into fucking uh, 1980s L.A. But whatever. Like, uh, I thought that was I thought that was goofy. I thought the LSD shit was while moderately entertaining, still like a whole episode of goofiness that didn't further the plot at all. I still don't even know why Scully did that. (laughs) And this was also another that's another situation where it seems like they explained something through dialogue instead of explaining it through the show, because like they, they they were just went, Scully must've did this. And Scully did hint that he was going to do something like that. But like, what was the point of that? Like, why would Scully do that? Did he, did he meet it as a joke? Was he trying to fuck with people? And again, like what, like when they were writing this season, why did they say, let's have a whole episode where everybody's high? (laughs) I, I don't, I don't know. I did. I thought the finale was strong. Like you said, Um, I thought it started decent. I think it suffered from beside from aside from the, um, the the Tiger shit and the LSD shit. I think it suffered from not having a compelling villain like like. okay, so like to me, last season, season four was the best season of the five. And I think a lot of that stemmed from Scully and Man Boy. Like, Scully and Manboy made for great, great, great villains that season. And they didn't really have that this year. Like, they had, like... They they tried to make multiple villains on in smaller ways. Like, they kind of made Teddy into a villain, kind of. They kind of... They made Kane into a villain. But, like, Kane didn't even pop up until the second half of the season. And then he was paralyzed. <laughs> so, it's like, all right. So, that was kind of a waste. Right. And then, like you said, the Alton and Peaches thing. So, like, Alton and peaches were again they were both explained on the show but i felt like the verbal explanations for them were not adequate like alton died off screen and teddy has not even admitted in any kind of way to any sort of involvement so like i feel like there's still something to be left something to be addressed some some kind of closure that's needed with alton whether that's and it doesn't even Man, necessarily, I need, necessarily need I
1: need thinking to say he dead and see his body or see a grave or something at this or, point. I'm not I, even I don't saying that.
2: I don't even necessarily need that. I would at least at the very least, I would need Teddy to not even admit it, but for Teddy to see a consequence for it. That's fair. Like that's something fair. like some form of closure. And then Peaches is Peaches, I, I think it's what month is this? April? By the end of this year, I don't think I'm gonna see anything on TV that's gonna piss me off more than Peaches. <laughs> because my my big problem with peaches is that for the four seasons that some change peaches has been like ride or die even almost more almost not more so than leon but like peaches has been like super fucking loyal dog and then they just decided to make this nigga a junkie fucking backstabbing piece of shit who set them up to be robbed and killed and bailed off screen like completely every it's completely antithetical to everything that this nigga has been throughout the course of this show and they just flipped this character into somebody who was the complete opposite of who he was via dialogue like what nigga like no and like to me i looked at they they really in those first like 2 or 3 episodes really showed this nigga being sick and put a whole lot of emphasis on it and i'm not saying that it had to mean that he had aids or something like that but they put so much emphasis into that. It made me think that there was going to be something wrong with him aside from just being sick. And if I'm supposed to interpret that as like dope sick, you didn't do enough of that. You just made you, like you, you would have need to show me him exhibiting more behavior than coughing. Like I, I, like they didn't even build up to that. It was like, yo, let's just have had nigga cough and then we're going to have everybody say that he did a whole bunch of wild shit and that's going to be the end of it. No, that is lazy. So, like, I hate it, hate it with a capital H-A-T-E-D, everything they did with Peaches this season. Like, it's unforgivable to do that to, to a character, to have them uh, supposedly take actions that are the complete opposite of everything we've seen for four seasons and have that happen strictly through dialogue. And then I had people comment on my YouTube, like, well, they addressed it on the show. Like, no, that is if you satisfy with that, then you watching TV wrong. Like oh, you <laughs> come out addressing? saying he, he
1: that they say he's like they the said money it. Like, yes, wrong. like they,
2: they accepted what That's was said on the it. screen. What the fuck like, address? yeah, like they, like they like they like they accepted Franklin just going, oh, Peaches did it. <laughs> and they were like, oh, OK, so I guess Peaches did it. And I'm like that. Like, have you guys been watching this show? Like that doesn't fit with Peaches character at all. So like at least give me a taste of him being that kind of person before you try to make him out to be what they what they said he was verbally. So um, snowfall to me, it felt like the writing was like very lazy in the second half of that season with the peaches shit, the tiger shit, the LSD shit. It was all very weird and very disjointed and not interesting. so um, and then I did and, and just
1: uh, real quick. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I wouldn't say it was just me, but I just felt like them having no like no no retribution for a Scully doing that shit just seems like they're just like, oh, he he spiked the chocolate. Ha ha ha. we was just going on with life. Like,
2: that's like the shit you end up touching a nigga for. Like, yeah, like that's why I can't like I, I don't even know, like, was that meant to be a joke? Did they all look at us like, ha ha? He just I mean, Scully got us. That was funny. Like, <laughs> I, I can't even I just like I, I can't even wrap my head around his motivation for doing that. Like, cause I don't even know, I don't even know Scully well enough as a character because all we saw from him is just like extreme uh, aggressiveness and violence and craziness. So like, I don't know if Peaches is the kind of guy to pull a joke like that. So I don't know if that was a prank. I don't know if he was doing that for like a mean reason. And if he was, what reason does he have to be there? I don't even know why they invited this nigga to the wedding in the first place. Like, <laughs> I don't, I did, I was, I was shocked when
1: he was there. I was, yeah, I was When
2: shocked. I saw him, I was like, why the fuck? I'm like, I understand that y'all have worked out, you know, uh, an agreement to not kill each other, but I don't know how that translates to inviting him to your wedding. Like, like, no, like Scully, nigga. Like, like, why would you invite this nigga to your wedding, dog? Like Leon just killed his daughter last season. Not him and Leon at a wedding together. Like, okay. So yeah, Snowfall, uh, not with, you with, not with you with that one on Baylor. Uh, not with you with on that one, Baylor. Um, um, and real quick, Power, I've never seen an episode of Power.
1: I've, I've watched maybe two or three episodes in the first season. I haven't watched none of that since then, nor the spinoffs, any of that shit. So I don't really, I, not yeah, really. I have uh, no po- thoughts on Power.
2: Power, yeah, it never struck me as something that I would like and then I've never heard anyone I respect say it's great. And that's not to say that the people who I've said is who I've heard speak positively on it are people who whose opinions i think are shit it's just like i've like there's certain people who if they say yo power is fire i might go okay maybe i should check it out nobody who has who i feel that way about has said the power is fire so like i i have no reason to look into it like I have a, a teeny bit of interest in it, but even then, like the spin-off versions, I don't think I've heard anybody say anything good about the spin off versions. But so like I like probably only watched the main one.
1: I mean, people uh, from what I see, people like the spin-off versions. And um, they say that the they're uh they're kind of standalone. So you don't have to have watch power to like watch them, I think. Um so I mean, yeah, I just I just never had much interest with them. So it just yeah. Um, but for what I I mean they're People like them shit, so you know, yeah.
2: I swear Um, he said something before winning time. (laughs) Yeah, I could go back and see. Yeah, but like, play because he said it real quick. Like, play it real quick because I feel like he said something before winning time. Let's see. Man, it's gonna suck if he didn't, (laughs) and I just wasted time by making you play it again.
0: Another question I want to ask
1: y'all. What shows have y'all been um, diving into a lot? Y'all expectations on certain shows that's coming to an end? Kind of like Atlanta. Atlanta! Atlanta, That's That's what it was. Okay. Okay. My bad. Um, Let's start with that, since we're talking about it. Um, Yeah. I've totally enjoyed Atlanta this season. Um, The obscure references has been fucking hilarious. Yeah. it's not it seems nothing like the first season, which I'm okay with. Um, uh, what's this third season or fourth season? Third. Third. Yeah, nothing like the first season. Maybe nothing like the second either. Um, but yeah, I just I if this is a season to do off like obscure ass references of real life, I'm with it. Like I, I think it's pretty I think it's been pretty cool. Like last episode, I'm dying like no, that's fucking D-Ray, like fuck, that's the fake ass Sean King. Like that shit was hilarious
2: to me, so I've enjoyed the
1: season. So I just
2: enjoyed the season so far. I, I wish I had noticed that. I did. I I did not. I did not catch that. And once it was said to me, I'm like, I felt dumb. Like oh, I should have caught that because <laughs> obviously I'm not unfamiliar with either one of them. Right. right, Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, so obviously I should have known that that was them, but I totally missed that. Uh, but Atlanta to me has been good but not as good as the first two seasons um i don't have any problem with uh, uh basing episodes that are like kind of like uh parody like real life events or whatever uh, that that's fine but i think that does show a little bit less of an imagination than they had in previous seasons uh
1: yeah,
0: I,
2: I, I can get that uh, yeah I, I felt like they were a little bit more original in the first couple of seasons and using real life events like like straight from straight from the Twitter feed <laughs> uh episodes yeah, is yeah. lacks a little bit of imagination, but I think they do it well when they do it. I think that they uh are still they still continue to be it still continues to be one of the more creative shows uh on television. And when they want to do comedy, they do it really well. I think that they could possibly even stand a lead into it a little bit more. Uh and and I think they do the, the creativity of that show is its strength, uh, but I think that the, they, they could stand a lean into the comedy a little bit more because they're so fucking good at it. Like when they decided that when they decide they want to do an actual, like comedy episode, like the, um, the one with the, which you didn't like the one with the, uh, um, with the missing oh, yeah. phone about the missing with, phone with, right, with right, paper Paperboy's right. phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I think they do. I think they did that really. That was a really funny episode. So like, I, I think Atlanta has been fun. Like I still like Atlanta, but I, I haven't liked this season so far as much as the first two.
1: Yeah. I, I, and I could get, I could get that point as far as a funny standpoint and then being a little more creative, and I guess it's maybe just a familiarity of the stories. It just makes it more interesting has made it for me more interesting, but I definitely get that point. I, I definitely get that point.
2: Yeah. And I think too, if you, if you don't catch, these references it can lessen the show for you oh absolutely uh because i think like like johnny for instance like he didn't like a lot of these episodes that have been kind of uh more shying away from the the core group and and the comedy topic shit yeah he hasn't really been a fan of that kind of stuff and i think that i think that does kind of come from the fact that he probably didn't catch like in the first episode like, like the, the first episode was so specific in what it was referencing that I feel like a lot of people could have missed that. So like if you don't catch the reference, you could still enjoy the episode. But I think if you, uh, when you understand what's happening and you piece it together, it kind of enhances the episode. Just like how you caught, you know, the Sean King and D Ray thing. And if I had caught that, I, I probably would have enjoyed that episode more. And that's not to say I didn't enjoy that episode, but I would have enjoyed it more if I had caught, like, it would have been way funnier to me if I had known that that was supposed to be like Sean King, and the whole time he's talking about, are you even black? Like, that would have been funnier if I had caught that it was supposed to be Sean King, because I still thought it was funny. Like, I thought, it was, especially thought it was funny still when funny he said something he, like,
0: he, looked he was ambiguous
2: to not know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. And then when he said something to the the character that was supposed to be D-Ray, and he said something like, uh, "You got the money last year, nigga," and then <laughs> everybody was like, pause, and then and the paperboy was like, "It don't even sound right what he's saying." And that was just funny to me, but it would have been way funny if I, if I had known it was supposed to be Sean Kane. I don't know how I missed that, but I have my moments where I just miss shit that I shouldn't miss. And somebody put that in, my, somebody put that in the comments of my video. Like it was like the first comment. It was like, did you catch it? That, that was supposed to be D-Ray and Sean Kane. I said, God damn. <laughs> I, yeah,
1: I, hate saw the happens,
2: <laughs> I hate when that happens. though. Somebody will point out some shit. I'm like, fuck, I totally should have caught that. And I didn't, but, um, yeah, that's Atlanta. And then winning time, uh, well, for starters, he said that people have criticized them moving toward talking about the Lakers season and shying a little bit away from magic. The show ain't about magic. The show is about the Showtime Lakers. Magic is the focal point because magic is magic. But, like, <laughs> like it's, not a, it's not a show about magic. It's a show about the Showtime Lakers, and magic is just at the forefront of that. So you're going to have – it's not going to be all about magic. Like, you got to talk about the Showtime Lakers and about how that team was constructed, how that team played, some of the adversity it met. Like, this first season story, like, a lot of this stuff is exaggerated, but it's all based on the reality. Like, the coaching situation, all that shit is real. Like, the Pat Riley stuff, all that shit is real. And I think that should be interesting for somebody who's an NBA fan, especially somebody who who's not Baylor. Because Baylor, being from L.A., he's probably not. Learning anything new here? Like some of this stuff that I mean, some of this stuff is is probably new information, but some of this stuff is completely fabricated for the show. But like the core stuff, he probably know all that. But like if you're a a, a non Lakers fan and you aren't aware of all this stuff, I think you, I would think that you would find find it interesting to see how Pat Riley started off. Because if you just think of Pat Riley as the you know the famous Lakers coach and the famous Heat coach, it's probably interesting to see how he ended up getting how he was before he he ended up in that situation. So. I think Winning Time has been uh, thoroughly entertaining. I- I've really enjoyed Winning Times. It's-, it's one of my it's one of my favorite watches. Like I kind of wish, to a degree, I almost kind of wish I didn't review it on my channel because I, I would like to just kind of watch Winning Time without having to watch it with that eye. Because like it- it's it's a really fun and entertaining show to watch. Um, yeah, I- I've I think it's it's creatively done. Like I-, I talked about in my my videos, I like the how they were able to dig up and find old cameras to make that look, as opposed to it being like a trick that they do in post-production. I think that's fun. I think that all the characters and their exaggerated ways are all entertaining. And I think all the characters are exaggerated. Like I think Kareem except magic. I think Kareem is exaggerated. I think, I think Jerry. I, oh, I thought Jerry West was exaggerated, but but now that he said to, I think he said today he plans on taking his his issue at HBO to the Supreme Court. i like, I'm like your issue is mischaracterization. nigga. Like you sound just has. like the character to me. Right, right. you <laughs> I being didn't really think you were before. <laughs> like before, I'm like, oh, they got to be exaggerating Jerry West. Now I'm like, well, maybe not. <laughs> but I think the Jerry West character is phenomenal. I think Jerry Buss. I think John C. Riley is 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 doing an incredible fucking job in that role. Like to the point of like, he's probably going to get slept on when it comes to like, uh like award nominations and shit like that. But I think he's doing a real good job, like really good. Not just from like the perspective of like, oh, he's funny or shit like that. But like, have you watched the most recent episode? Oh yeah, I'm caught up. Okay. Yeah. Like the most recent episode, like, how he has shown Jerry Bus reacting to his mother's condition. Like, I think he's done, him being John, John C. Riley. I think he's done a great job with that. Kind of like, not just masking how he feels about it and how it troubles him, but how it almost seems like he's covering it up with being his over-the-top self. Like that last scene of him crying on the old girl and then like simultaneously like pulling out a titty. Yeah. I think that was like... Like I talked about that in my video, I think that was I think that there, there was a lot happening in that scene that I thought was interesting beyond just like this nigga pulling out a titty. Like I don't think it was just like oh let's pull out pull out a titty. I think they were saying a lot about how he copes, and I thought I I think that like they've just done a really good job with that character, and I think John C. Riley's done a great job with that character. So Magic's been great. Um, I think I think everybody on that show has been really good, even down to like the chick who helps at the forum, Claire Rothman, I think is her name. Like, I think even that actress has been really good. The chick who plays uh, his daughter has been really good. Um, Sally Field has been great as his mom. Like, I, I, I can't really think of no flaws. The only flaw that I would say in the characters is that the nigga that they had played Dr. J in his last episode. That nigga oh, looked like he was 57 yeah. years old. Yeah. <laughs> And I looked at it and I'm like, how old was Dr. J in 1980? That nigga was 30 in 1980. That actor they had playing him looked like like he was 52, dog. Like <laughs> Yeah, that one did that one didn't match to me, man. I, I, I agree. I totally agree. I'm like, is Dr. J supposed to be retired? And they're like, oh, we're playing. I'm like, Dr. J was retired in 1980. Oh no, he's playing? Like, okay, how old was he?
1: <laughs> I, I I will say too, like in, to just uh Mimic your point about uh, John C. Re- John C. Riley. Like you wouldn't think that's the motherfucker that played in Step Brothers. Like his acting is fucking superb. Dog.
2: Yeah, and I, I I've grown to respect to a certain degree Will Farrell's acting ability. Um, not, I don't think he's like some great actor, but I've come to respect him as more than just the the, the nigga who do who's on SNL and who does like Step Brothers and Elf and shit like that. I've come to respect him, respect his abilities beyond that. But I don't think well, I, I'm prefacing this by leading up to the point that Will Ferrell was originally supposed to play that role of a uh, a bus.
0: And, and I don't, I, I don't think I Will
2: like, Ferrell could have done this. Yeah,
1: as much as I like Will Ferrell, and uh, I just don't see him doing that well. I just don't. I think the 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 attention will be on Will Ferrell being Will Ferrell and not the fucking character. This this character, Dicey Roddy playing was it bus. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think of just it's John C. Riley in costume. I just see him as bust, which is you know how it that's how it the should ultimate be. testament. Yeah, right.
2: Like I feel like Will Ferrell would have been, like you still would have gotten a little bit too much Will Ferrell. I don't think he could have. I don't think he could have transformed into this character the way I think John C. Riley has. So, um, uh, yeah, that's 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 my thoughts on on wedding time. And I and, and and I've also really enjoyed um, watching. I guess getting a little bit more behind the scenes stuff of how the, how the Showtime Lakers came to be like some of the stuff I knew, like I knew the coaching thing. Like I know that ultimately they end up winning the championship that season. Like I know Pat Riley's going to take over. Like I know the broad strokes, but like watching uh, magic and, and Kareem like butting heads, like that's been really interesting to me because like, that's not something that I was ever around to experience like I started watching the NBA in 1988 as a six-year-old and that was the end of the Showtime Lakers run like they they stole the championship from the Pistons that year thanks to the referees and then they lost at 89 and that was it and so I never saw I only saw uh a, a, a good combination of Magic and Kareem like I didn't know that they had beef and maybe that part is exaggerated for the show. Maybe it's not, but I can imagine it as, as much of a kind of militant kind of guy as Kareem was and is, I could see him having a problem with a nigga coming in happy as fuck. (laughs) And uh, uh, in 1980, I could see that. And I've enjoyed watching that aspect too. So um, I, yeah, I'm two thumbs up on, on winning time.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, New show. uh, um, We own the city. Yep, yeah, that's gonna be hella dope. Uh, yep, I'm looking forward to. I'm kind of, kind of, I guess sad. Not sad, but uh, a little disappointed that it's a, a mini series, because um, it's only what six, six episodes. Yep, yeah, kind of disappointed that. But I noticed it's gonna be. I mean, if if the next five episodes anything like the first, I think it's gonna be fucking awesome. So I um, think this is
2: this this looks like the kind of show that's only gonna get better each week.
1: So I'm definitely looking forward to uh, rest of the, uh, episodes. I mean, they got some great actors, actresses in there. Um, a lot of cameo, not cameos, I guess, but a lot of the Wire characters, which is always dope. HBO does a good job at keeping them guys on fucking retainer, hell yeah, because <laughs> uh, there. It was like six of them I saw,
2: and more coming,
1: and more coming. Um, so yeah. Um, to answer the one question he asks, what's a, a show that I that he wouldn't think I would watch or we would watch. And I am going to go with um, Handmaid's Tale. Okay. I just, I didn't see myself watching Handmaid's Tale, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that just didn't, it didn't, that didn't register as a show that I would really enjoy. And I fucking totally enjoy Handmaid's Tale. Um, That's I think after seeing a lot of posts about you watching it and so forth, I was like let me try this shit and I absolutely loved it. So and I definitely didn't think even my wife was like she was looking at me kind of weird like but, and cuz she started it but it was a little much and there's a lot going on. I mean from a woman's perspective that's definitely, you know,
2: uh can be a triggering show. Um uh, but yeah, yeah that can, was can you can you imagine watching like when that first came out was like around the time when Trump was getting elected too. Mm-hmm. And like that it felt like those first couple seasons were scary because it almost felt like this country was heading in that direction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, watching that while it was airing was, like, man. Like, and I like, can't imagine since I, I started it, I didn't start watching right, it until yeah. last
1: year, so. but Yeah, yeah just, so, like,
2: it was already, like, we were already away from Trump when you started watching it, but, like, if you've been watching it, like, when it came out and watching, like, how things were progressing in this country at the same time as that show was starting, it was like, oh, man, this is scary. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, but that shit, that shit was awesome, man. I totally enjoyed that and
2: that's is that over is another season coming um there's another season coming okay yeah I think uh I don't know if they've announced if it's the last one or something but um I don't think it is I'm not 100% sure because I think that um there's a second book well I, I don't think I know that there's a second book that the show has not even reached yet and someone I know who has read the second book said that they saw things in the most recent season that lead them to believe that the show is about to move to the next book. So I don't know if that means that the show is going to end. I don't know if that means we're going to have a whole additional multiple seasons. I would guess this show probably has one or two seasons left in it before it's going to get to the point where it's like, you should have wrapped this up already. So I figure Hulu will probably wrap it up after the next season, maybe two.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. If 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 they do, do a they do a new season or last season, yeah, I was definitely definitely uh, definitely enjoyed that one. I think that was least expected for me. Uh, I don't know. You watch a lot of shit uh, over a lot of different topic. I mean, topics mm-hmm. and stuff. So I don't know if there's one that you can name that <clears throat> would be uh, less, yeah. least likely for you to watch.
2: Yeah, it's it's if. For me, that is another reason why I said, tell me, you don't watch my channel, because like I watch a whole lot of different shit. So I don't think there's anything I could say where I'm like, I don't think anyone would expect me to watch this because I feel everybody would expect me to watch anything. <laughs> so I don't think anything I would say would surprise anybody, uh, anybody who knows me at all. But uh, right now I'm watching. Um, well, uh, well, to start, he said that he thinks Snowfall is the best show on television. Um uh, the best show on television right now Is Better Call Saul by A Country Mile uh, it, It's not even close uh, So that's 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 the best show On television right now, it just came back After being gone for I think two years, maybe three And the first three episodes were Like the best three episodes of television I've seen this year <laughs> So it's like already off to like an incredible start And it's the final season uh, So Better Call Saul is, is The shit um, Succession is the best show on television when it's airing um right now i'm watching let's see uh winning time i watch on sundays uh mondays uh better call saul and we own this city um thursdays i watch outer range which is a show on amazon starring josh brolin uh who you most know from he voiced thanos and um he started like No Country for Old Men and a few other things. It's oh, okay. a show that's like a mixture of Yellowstone and True Detective. <laughs> um, it's like it takes place on a ranch in uh, Montana. Like no, no Yellowstone's in Montana. It takes place on a ranch in Wyoming, and it has like cowboy elements and shit. And it has a whole storyline with that. But then it also has a whole storyline that's very much like on some supernatural kind of like time travel kind of shit and so it's like really mysterious and weird at the same time as it has its grounded kind of uh cowboy stuff too so like that shit's been really fucking interesting um i've been watching that i've been watching um uh also on thursday something called uh tokyo vice <clears> that comes on hbo max and it's a it's about a a white reporter who moves to japan and he wants to be a uh he wants to work for the newspaper there and he gets caught up in a trying to you know get a story he gets caught up with like the yakuza and shit uh that's been really fucking entertaining um i watched severance which you just started <coughs> severance is great but that's already over and then um i watch okay this will be one. Okay, no, I do have one that I don't think people think I watch. Uh, it's called Pachinko. Uh, that comes on. I Apple ask you TV. about that show. Could I? I do you? Did you do a non-spoiler for that? I probably did a non-spoiler for the first episode. Okay. Well, the first no, the first three because they because Apple released the first three at one time. So I watched those first three on the day they came out on that Friday, and then I did a video for those first three that I'm sure is probably non-spoiler. But um. <clears throat> That's something that I don't think anybody would think about would watch. And it's something that I probably wouldn't even recommend to people because I feel like very few people who are casual TV watchers would, would enjoy it because it's a very different kind of show. But it's about um, it's basically about this conflict that has existed for a very long time between Japan and Korea, where it's, it's kind of like basically all some racist shit. And uh, I, I'm not I'm not going to go too in depth about it because it's kind of like heavy on like that culture and shit. But um, it's, like, it's like a really well acted, beautiful to look at show that covers like this, Japan, this Korean woman's, uh, I guess, back and forth between Japan and Korea uh, because of this war and this issue between Japan and Korea. And it just kind of follows this lady's story. And it's, it's something that I think most people would probably find to be a little bit boring, but uh, I find it to be pretty interesting. And I've, I've really enjoyed what I've learned about like the culture back then. Well, the culture in general, and then like the history of it. So I think that's something that I think most people would think that I wouldn't like. And then I found out that I um, actually went to high school with the woman who was the production designer on that show. She, oh, really? uh, oh, that's yeah, she she posted pictures from the premiere. And I'm like, you, I'm like, you worked on that show? And what's weird is that I'm Facebook friends with her, but we've never interacted. So she doesn't show up in my feed very often. So I didn't know that she worked in the television and film industry. And I looked her up and she was nominated for an Emmy for true detective. And like, she's worked on like all kinds of other like great movies and shows and shit. And the production design.
1: Man, you, you, recall, you remember her name?
2: Yeah, yeah. I went to high school with her. <laughs> uh, her name is Mara. Mara Lapeer. Sloop. Uh, Sloop. I think is her married name now. Um, but uh, yeah, she, she did the production design on that show. What was interesting was I, on one of my videos, somebody was asked was not asking me, but kind of like talking about a little bit more of like the cultural aspect of things that happened in that episode. I guess this person is a lot more learned on that kind of thing than I am. And they asked me, hey, did you see this painting that was on the wall? And they were asking about not asking, but like commenting on the history of it. And they were like, I wonder if the production designer was trying to make a statement with that. And I was like, well, it just so happens. <laughs> and so I, I messaged I messaged, uh, I messaged her and I'm like, Hey, you know, I got this comment on my YouTube page about Pachinko and, you know, I wanted to get your thoughts. And she gave like a really good, interesting, well thought out response about why she made the decisions that she made and all this kind of shit. And it was really fucking cool. And it was dope to me to be able to respond to that comment. Like, well, I can tell you exactly what the production designer was thinking. Here you go. And, uh, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that that was really cool. But I enjoy that show. Um, that's one of my Friday shows, but, uh, the finale for that is this Friday. And then another show I watch on Fridays that has a finale this year, I mean, this week is called Slow Horses. Uh, that comes on, oh, that also comes on Apple. And it stars Gary Oldman, who uh, most people would know from a whole bunch of shit. I think maybe best known for, I think he played Commissioner Gordon in the Dark Knight series. Um, but, uh, that's about Everybody else in that is British. It's a British show um, about the like a spy agency. I think it's it's called MI five. I think it's I think it's the British equivalent of the FBI. And uh, it's just about it's basically just about uh, this group called the Slow Horses, and they're basically like rejects from the agency. Who I guess instead of getting fired, they send them to this like kind of like shithole division, and they're just basically considered to be a bunch of losers and they get caught up in a situation. They get caught up in a, in a case with the, with the main MI5 that has a whole bunch of like shady shit going on and collusion. And then they try to throw them niggas under the bus. And now they kind of like got to absolve themselves from it while solving what's happening. And uh, it's been really fun and interesting too. Uh, so that's, that's mainly what I'm watching right now. And then, He mentioned upcoming stuff. Um, This Friday, the final six or seven episodes of Ozark come out. I'll be watching that. I think everybody watches Ozark. And then um, there's something called Under the Banner of Heaven that comes out tomorrow on uh, Hulu. And I'm not really sure what it's about, but it looks very True Detective-y. So I'm going to fuck with that, too. Um, FX generally puts out, like, really good shit. And uh, it stars Andrew Garfield, who most people would know is playing the middle Spider-Man, <laughs> the one in between Tom Holland and uh, Tobey Maguire. So, yeah, that's uh that's the long. I hope I hope his other questions uh, <laughs> create shorter answers. Oh, let's see. Man, that was way.
0: Dude, was <laughs> uh, we got to get to that Matthew Stafford commercial in a minute. But
2: oh, my boy made it <laughs> wow, it's on the it's on my TV right now. We'll,
0: we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, getting to the whole Rookie of the Year award.
2: Oh shit! I know I, Watch I, it. I Be careful. i just going to go with, with y'all, <laughs> guy, which
0: is understandable. Like it's okay with being biased. I'm extremely biased when it comes to certain players and uh, a few of my teams. Right. And deservingly, he's supposed to be up there. Now, I I kind of, I know y'all was asking for the voting process. The voting process has always been trash. No matter if the outcome was right uh, or whatever. You know, in, in, some, in some cases, niggas got robbed. Shout out to Kobe. He definitely got robbed two years. He got robbed out of at least two MVPs. But that's just how it goes. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if we're going to go with um, history... I expect the person playing on the better team to get somewhat of a notch, right? And that's basically what this is. Besides, one of the key factors is Scotty Barnes is a two-way player. His offense is just as solid as his defense. I would probably bank on his defense just a little bit more, but he could definitely score. Now, out of the three, it's a no-brainer. Cuttingham is by far the most talented most talented offensive player in the draft besides Jalen Green. We'll get to him in a minute. But out of those three, uh Mobley, Barnes, and Cuttingham, offensively, I'm going with Cuttingham. That's easy. That's, that's easy. But he plays on the worst team out of the At one point, Cleveland was ranked number four in the East, which is pretty damn impressive. And in the first half of the season, was cool. But that's why Eric Mobley came in second is because he was a part of that rise and a part of that downfall as well. Couldn't keep it afloat. Barnes is playing on a playoff contender team. And they don't really have a quote-unquote star player over there like that. So if he was to break out, that would be their guy. Siakam would be pushed to the side. And they're also missing a player, but at the same time, like um, I, I understand where those votes went. If you understand or know about the voting process, you already know the people that's voting is people that don't really watch the game like us. They don't really they don't really go off of the um, the eye test at all. They basically look at the numbers and they calculate it like that. Some of them do. I can't say all of them, but when you look at it. I mean, Cunningham was just an offensive juggernaut. Not saying that he will never be a two-way player, or if his defense is trash. But Scotty Barnes is known—he's known for his defense, and can and can, he can score. So, and I get that. Ain't got to—you know—he helped get his team to the playoff. Just like Evan Mobley probably would have won that if Cleveland would have got their ass in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with Cunningham. Yo, if Detroit would have made it to the playoffs this year, it would have been a landslide. You know what I'm saying? Because Toronto is already a solid team. It doesn't take it, it. Honestly, it doesn't take away from him that he played for a better team. It actually helps him because they lost a lot of they lost a lot of key players. So for him to come along and to keep it rolling, that's impressive. Now it it just would have been much more impressive if him would have got Detroit to the playoffs. So you know, Cuttingham, look, he'll never get the Rookie of the Year award ever again. You know what I'm saying? That's out, but he still got a chance to get that MVP. And no award matters more than the Finals MVP. So that's what he should be focused on. I know that sounds so cliche and whatever, but that's the truth of the matter. If he gets a final MVP, you already know what that means.
2: So if oh, I thought he, I thought he was gonna keep going because he said oh, he's no, gonna no, talk yeah. about oh, he said he's gonna talk about Jalen Green. So I was waiting for that too. I don't know if he ended up continuing on another one. He probably just forgot. Yeah. If
1: if history shows itself, and I I I I haven't paid that much attention to a lot of the rookie of the years previous years, but if if that's the case of rookie of the years and their team play, I guess so be it based on how they fucking vote. I I wasn't I was disappointed he didn't get it, but I was more disappointed at the 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 level of votes that put him so far down. Like he was like he was it seemed like he was never contending for for a second even second place the way the voting was like like he was just like that they're putting it on a team being that good that much that you just take away uh player play like that should just seem way fucking out of uh just i don't even have the word to explain it it just seemed biased as fuck to a, a the better team versus the better
2: player it's it's 100 that way and like i have paid attention to how the awards work and I know I know how the voting works I know how the awarding how the awards work and historically the the way the awards have worked historically is that rookie of the year generally goes to just the best rookie and the team performance has always been a factor so I'm not gonna say it doesn't matter it has always been a factor but it has not been the factor like the determining factor and when you heard like when you heard the mobley argument it was always about cleveland's performance as if cleveland didn't have two other all-stars like it was always about cleveland's performance and that that irked me because to me that's that's dishonest because we know that's not how this award works mvp works that way because it's called most valuable player so how can you be the most valuable player on a bad team like okay you might be good you might be valuable to that team But like, if you're the most valuable player, your team kind of has to perform pretty well and you have to be the reason why. Uh, So team performance, while it's still, in in no way, in no award is it the determining factor, but it's always had more weight with MVP than it has had with rookie of the year. So hearing the Toronto's performance and Cleveland's performance argument doesn't, doesn't track with me if that's all you got. And that's all they had for Mobley. Barnes, I will give him the two-way player argument. I will give him that. Um, I would think Cade's, Cade's defense has kind of yet to be determined. I watched, um, there's a guy who I follow on Twitter. Uh, his his uh, Twitter name, I think, is Motor City Hoops. And he's not even from here, but he got, he, I, I talked to him about this on the side like just trying to find out how he got into Pistons fandom. And he was saying like, he started doing a podcast with somebody or uh, they asked him to do a podcast and it just kind of made him get into, get into the Pistons. So he just watches, uh, he watches incessantly. He watches tape, all that shit. And he put out a video and he, when he, well, he did, actually, before he put it out, he said that he was going to put out a video series that focused on Cade's defense. And I told him, I was like, he said he was nervous about like the feedback he was going to get. I was like, look, as a longtime Pistons fan and NBA fan. And he acknowledged that because like when there was like a, I don't know if you saw it, there was like a, and it never even actually ended up finishing, but there was like a whole competition to see who was going to be like the new face of Pistons Twitter after the one dude got banned. And uh, that Hinkle dude got kicked off Twitter. And I was matched up in the first round against the Motor City Hoops guy. And he washed me, like washed me. And I thought I, I thought it was funny because I'm like, I don't care because I know I'm not known in the Pistons Twitter community. I just started following most of them niggas this season. So like they didn't bother me at all. But it did make me and him have a conversation because I was just joke. I was just, you know, fucking with him, joking around or whatever. And he was saying, no, I used like I peep, you know, I, I peep, you know, you you a big fan and you've been around for a long time. So like, you know, it's respect. So like I was talking to the nigga and I was like, you know, I'll, I'll watch the, I'll, I'll watch your K videos and I'll give you honest feedback. You know, you know, I'll let you know. And I watched his videos. He put out, it was a series of, I think, five, four or five videos. They were about five minutes apiece, And they broke down tape of K's defense in various game situations, not games, not game situations as an individual plays, uh, various types of games. So like one was video, one video was like, Cade on the second night of a back-to-back uh one video was a game where Cade didn't have a lot of offensive output so it was like okay let's see how he did on the defensive end since he didn't have to do as much on the offensive end then one was like one where he did a ton on the offensive end you know sh- shit like that and uh, I watched those videos and my takeaways from it was that Cade has solid defense that's passable but he makes a lot of rookie mistakes, like mistakes that just come with youth. Uh, and that's, that's, that's really my biggest takeaway from that. So like uh, as far as Cade's defense goes, I would not cite it as a strong point of his, I wouldn't cite it as a weakness either. Um, but Scotty Barnes, I'll give him the two way thing. My problem with my problem with the the voting was the, the disingenuous nature of it. Like, motherfuckers decided in December that Evan Mobley was going to be the rookie of the year. And then they put their fingers in their ears and closed their eyes for the rest of the season and didn't watch Kate have a, I don't even think it's hyperbolic to say he had a historic second half of the season. Cause every time, every time you see something, it's like, okay, no one's done this since historic player. No one's done this since this other player and all these kinds of crazy things. There was one stat and I can't remember what it was for, but it showed that Kate was one of 10 players to, to have this collection of stats in their rookie year. And of those 10 players, eight of them won rookie of the year. And the one who didn't other than Kate, obviously now, but the one, the one who didn't was magic. <laughs> and magic lost to Larry bird. So like, no fucking <laughs> like, it's like, okay. I, I walk away. I, if I'm looking back on that 42 years ago, <laughs> I'm like, okay. Magic got beat out for Rookie of the Year by Larry Bird. No one's going to complain about that. Like, all right, it worked out how it should. I I don't know if that's going to be the same thing that's going to happen with these two. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, think we're going to look at the end of Scotty Barnes' career and the end of Cade Cunningham's career and be like, all right, I guess, I guess I'm okay with Scotty Barnes beating him out for Rookie of the Year. I think we're going to look at that as like, Yeah, that's one of the big uh, one of the big mistakes that happened in the rookie of the year voting. And that's not to say that Scotty Barnes is going to have a bad career or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying that, like, I think when it's all said and done, people are going to look at that and go, how the fuck did Kay Cunningham not win rookie of the year? And I think the Pistons being a bad team is not a good enough reason because the rookie of the year is always on a bad team, except in this case, (laughs) because, again, most of the time, the best rookie was drafted by a shitty team. Like, that's not always the case. But most of the time, the best rookie was drafted by a shitty team, and they remained shitty. You look at fucking – look at the Pistons when Grant Hill won it. The Pistons won 20 games the year that they got the number two pick and drafted Grant Hill, and then that first year, they won 28 games. So they still had a shitty season. And But Grant Hill had a had an all-time great season. He was fucking incredible. First – you know, a fucking all-star starter as a rookie level of fucking output and he still had to share the award <laughs> like, like we just don't we just don't get we being detroit we just we have to we have to perform to an even higher degree it's kind of like and what i say about black people i just want to say like, the like being black dog God yeah me. it's like it's, it's like being black in a workplace like you have to work twice as hard to get the same amount of respect as white people detroit players have to be twice as good as they should have to be in order to get the same amount of respect as anyone else. Like Kay Cunningham had the best numbers out of the rookies easily, but he, that, that's not good enough for Detroit. He would have had to have 25 points a game, uh, eight rebounds and seven assists and two blocks two steals, And and, and and the Pistons would have to win 40 games. And only become
1: (laughs) second in the voting.
2: Right. (laughs) It's for him to have a chance. So while I think Baylor made a lot of, uh, a lot of very valid points, yeah, absolutely. And I do understand that I am very obviously biased, but I'm not biased to the point of thinking that a guy should win the award who did not earn the award. He earned the fucking award. You can make cases for Mobley and and, and uh, Barnes for sure. But at the end of the day, my bias is not saying that is not me sitting here saying that my guy should have won the award when he didn't deserve it. He fucking deserved it. So it's like. I don't know. I think my, my biggest problem is the fact that I, I felt like they made up their minds before the All-Star break. And it's it's rookie of the year, not rookie of the first 6 months, working of the first 3 months. And like they kept saying okay got off to a bad start. Which would you rather have? Somebody who gets off to a, a bad start or somebody who ends bad? I'd rather have the it's the same way as a game. Would you rather get would you rather start a game good or end it good? You always want to end it good. <laughs> that's that's what that's what. I mean, hell, happens.
1: that's 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 why Evan Mobley probably didn't win it because he ended bad. I mean, he got injured. I mean, no, no blame to him, but I mean, shit, it was what it was. So, you know, yeah, that shit was stupid. I just was, I just like was said, upset. That
2: Cleveland was fourth at one point, but Cleveland ended up not even making the
1: playoffs. So, <laughs> which, which, which I guess, to everyone else's point, took Evan Mobley out of the contention. Granted, he was still second,
2: but I'm like, okay, whatever. And I also, I, I'm ninety five percent certain that the voting was over before the play ins were over. So I, 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 I I'm, I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm like ninety five percent that the that the last day for the voting was before Cleveland was eliminated from the playoffs. But I, I still think it's enough that the fact that they went from four to the play in was enough to to damage Mobley's chances if they had remained in that four to six range and not had to be in the play-in, he probably would have won which would have been a travesty I think because like I said I I, the whole argument was that Cleveland was playing well and I'm like that's that's not that can't be the entirety of your argument (laughs) like like it can't be it can't just be that at least you can give me something else for Mobley like don't just give me fucking Cleveland's playing good like no that's not how this award works
0: I forgot about the Matthew Stafford commercial. So if y'all <laughs> yeah. seen the Matthew Stafford at t commercial, then y'all pretty much know what I'm talking about. Wife made a joke that she didn't know she was making a joke about. But she kept seeing the commercial. Obviously, in the commercial, he pays homage to Detroit while acknowledging and showing love to his current team uh, because he won a Super Bowl with them. But the joke came in where she was like, well, she kept seeing the commercial throughout the weekend. And she was like, I know there's something behind What he's saying, but I don't understand it I say he used to play for Detroit She said, oh, I get it <laughs> <laughs> That was a joke, you know what I'm saying? She didn't be the hard, but uh, But I definitely did I, you know, Shout out to Matthew Stafford Low key, and maybe a lot of Detroiters Don't even know this, but Matthew Stafford Was was at the top of the list for like bro and let me explain it I know Matthew <laughs> I kill for No, but he, um all jokes aside, he's always been a solid quarterback in Detroit, and he's always been again. I know y'all kid me for this, but he's always been a sexy pick for fantasy. Why? Because the niggas had to play from behind, and for the moment. he put up fantasy he numbers. Have, Hell Megatron yeah! I mean, absolutely. Actually, was special, right. You know what I'm saying? So for you already know, Megatron would be who he is, or even better if he had a different quarterback. But I think because where Megatron is at in his, in his life or, in our, you know, his overall career, uh, part of that reason is because he had a quarterback like Matthew Stafford. You know what I mean? Like, we can always go through if he played for this team or had this quarterback this day at the third. But that chemistry between them two was just – it was almost like on some Stockton and Malone type shit. So – Um, shout out to Matthew Stafford, man. He's definitely part of one of my brothers, man. I think he may have helped me win a league or two in fantasy football. So shout out to him. That commercial is
1: hilarious, though. So first of all, yeah, the the commercial is hilarious. And I think the commercial aired like early in March Madness, but I didn't see it till like a month ago. I think that was the first time I seen it.
2: Yeah, I think the first time I saw it, I saw it a couple of times while we were recording this podcast. So I had the TV muted. So I didn't know what it was. And then I uh, I think after we had recorded the podcast, we might've actually even still been on the, I don't want to say on the phone, because we're not on the phone, but we might've still been talking, but stopped recording the podcast. And I unmuted it and saw it again. And then I saw it for the first time. And that was probably not even a month ago. It might've been like three weeks ago. But um, yeah, I mean, I, obviously- Nothing he could say about staff that we don't already know, but I, I I gotta say I've been very indifferent on him leaving, like indifferent in the sense of like I, I we we weren't. It's not like we if he had stayed we'd have won. Like we weren't gonna win, and it's like okay he had a he had a great run here. I remember <laughs> I remember I, I, I'm not gonna say I didn't like him at first, but I remember he used to irritate me with that sidearm throw. He used to always do, which he, he doesn't, he, he, I don't know. I wouldn't say he removed it from his arsenal, but he overdid it and was not very good with it when he, <laughs> like when he first, uh when he first got here. um And then I remember it, it used to seem like his shoulder was, I, I used to joke that his shoulder was made out of cooked ramen noodles. Cause like he had such, he kept getting shoulder injuries when he first started, but um. Like, I, I always liked Staff. Like, I was never one of those people who thought the Stafford was the problem. Um, so him going somewhere else, it was like, eh, it is what it is. I, was endir- I wasn't cheering for him. I wasn't cheering against him. It was like, eh, well, he's gone now. The commercial changed my stance because I've seen a lot of hate for that commercial for some reason. But I like the commercial because, like, at the end of the day, he didn't have to do that. Like, he could have, like, like that you never see that. Like, players get traded, players move in free agency, they leave their teams, and that's it. And you might still see them say nice things about their former team, or maybe they have, you know, it could be like a guy like, let's say Charles Barkley, for instance. Charles Barkley spent a, signif- a fairly significant amount of time on three different teams. And I don't even know, like, I, I don't think anybody's going to look at Charles Barkley as a Houston Rocket, but, like, As like oh he like he played for the Rockets but I don't think anybody looked at like Charles Barkley Houston Rockets like people are gonna look at Barkley as a Sixer or a Son, and you don't see Charles Barkley like I, I don't recall ever seeing Charles Barkley do something like that, like like that commercial where it's like where he shows like a fairly significant amount of involuntary love to his previous team, and like you just don't see that that often, and he didn't have to do that, and I think it's because he knows that at the end of the day we're going to be sore about all the time that he spent here, all of the non-success that we had with him here. And then to see him go somewhere else and immediately win, I think it shows, uh, I think, I think, you know, we, we as a, a fandom kind of, I won't say need it, but can appreciate the idea that even though his time here was not successful, that he still showed love and he did not have to do that. Like he didn't have to make that commercial. Right? Like uh, he could have, nah, he didn't. I, and and I, I respect it. I respect that. Uh, like I, I respect him doing something like that. Cause I'm always going to respect anybody who shows love to Detroit. And for him to, to make that commercial, I just thought that was just like a really cool thing for him to do. And just like, I thought uh, like I shit on, I shit it on Justin Verlander for some things that he said and did. And I was a little bit salty when Justin Verlander left but when Justin Verlander recorded a video for Cabrera's 3000 hit that same thing, I was like, he didn't have to do that. Like that. Like like that was super fucking cool of him to do that. And I don't know, it it makes, it makes us as a fandom feel, I guess, warmer about those players who might've left under either under bad circumstances or left not having achieved what we would have liked for them to have achieved. Like, Whenever Justin Verlander retires, he got a he got a ring with with the Astros. But whenever Justin Verlander retires, it's he's a tiger. End of the day, period. He's a fucking tiger. Like and to have him make that video for Cabrera, I just thought was real fucking cool. So like that got him back on my good side. And Matthew Stafford never left my good side. But that turned off my indifference. Now I'm like, all right. Good shit, bro. <laughs> so, and he also helped me on fantasy teams because I almost always had Matthew Stafford on my fantasy team because one, like Baylor said, he's like a low key point getter, like a motherfucker, like like you know empty stats. The Not even low
1: key. He's a stat getter. It doesn't matter yeah. wins and losses. He gets stats. He throw,
2: I mean, They may lose, but he gets under stats. Exactly. And then and the what made me always have him was that you could get him late. People would draft. All, there, there was several quarterbacks that will always go ahead of Stafford in fantasy drafts. So I'm like, I could focus on snatching up receivers and running backs for like four or five rounds. And I can bank on being able to get Stafford in like the fifth or sixth round. And I know I'm going to get a quarterback. That's going to give me the same fucking stats that Brady's going to give the nigga who drafted him in the first round. <laughs> like, So I'm like, Brady's going to get you stats. Peyton Manning's going to get you stats. The, those teams are going to get wins, which doesn't help you in fantasy. <laughs> And I'm going to take Stafford in the fifth or sixth round, and he's going to give me just as good of stats as the guys that you took in the first and second round. So that's why I always had Stafford. So I appreciate him from a fantasy perspective too.
1: Yeah, I always, I always liked Stafford. Um, I definitely lean more towards – I shouldn't say I like fully cheer for him, but I was definitely happy for him uh, for his, you know, wins and stuff this, this past year. Now, the only
2: – I could say uh, that I was not happy for him yeah I did I guess I, like I, I was just indifferent I was like yeah, okay well yeah. like I mean, it yeah. was like a, a good for him okay
1: yeah <laughs> um yeah I, it was just cool to just see him just succeed which which just kind of salty because it's not with us um, exactly <laughs> but the one thing that I think I have against the whole situation and it's not necessarily it's not Matt Stafford at all is that Matt Stafford so one it was rumored that Detroit could have got a better situation out of trading with Jacksonville versus uh, the Rams. And so that was one thing. Um, And Matt Stafford got the opportunity that Barry Sanders never got, got the opportunity that Megatron never got. It's to leave freely. And that was the issue I have. And that's with the Lions. That's not with them. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's my biggest issue with the organization is that, you know, you fucked over Barry's career, you fucked over uh, Meg- Megatron's career, and now I guess you have a change of heart and you know you letting the the star player decide where he wants to go. Um, so that's my issue has been with the Lions, not necessarily with him, um, but that's the only thing I guess I could say negative about the situation. But you know, whatever. I was like, I was definitely happy for him um, as a player, and I, and and, and he was just all all around good guy. You know what I'm saying? It was. I mean, uh, other than he married a shitty a shitty woman who had bad takes and shit. Um, yeah. Like I just hated yeah, right. that the news always, for a while, had fucking his wife, shit she was doing and shit was going on with her. Like fuck her, man. Nobody gives a fuck about her opinions. Like why? Yeah. Why is Detroit's free press? Why Detroit news talking about his wife? They ain't even here no more, you know, so.
2: Oh, I also like that he came here for Cabrera's 3,000 hit, too. I thought, again, another thing he didn't have to do.
1: No, he didn't do. I mean, and then he's he's done, he's donated many, many dollars to programs and stuff in Detroit. Like, I think he did a million for a fucking football field on the east side and shit. I think he was doing some other stuff here recently. So he's put put dollars back in the city, which a, a lot of players probably haven't done. And, I, you know, I'll, I'll always appreciate, you know, putting, uh, spending money in the city to, uh, for, for things. So, you know, he, he always go down as a cool guy with me. So,
2: Yeah, I wonder, I think it's going to be an interesting conversation when, uh, whenever he retires, like, do the Lions retire his number? Mm-hmm. Food for thought.
0: That's a good I don't think
2: it's, I don't even think it's something to really answer just now. Like, I don't, I don't have an answer for it, but. It's a discussion that's going to happen. Like it will happen. So, did they ever retire? Barry nothing to think coming? about. Hell yeah! Yeah,
1: that's my dog. All right, that's my dog. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, we got one more. I better never ever see a nigga playing for the Detroit Lions wearing number twenty <laughs> ever, dog. Like Nick, man. We would shut this whole city down, dog. Like man, it would be <laughs> niggas would be outside protesting with picket signs. Like man. There is no option for that shit. Oh, shit,
1: let me play this last one. I'm pretty
2: sure. I'm pretty sure Megatron. I'm pretty sure Megatron's number is retired too. I think.
1: Yeah, maybe so. How did look?
0: Get this one out of the way. Uh, the I, don't sense, know what I, mean. I know. I know. I know. Um, if I had to pick on which high is the best between the edible, um, maybe a joint slash blind versus. Um <laughs> I, I wouldn't say a pipe because I've actually <laughs> I've actually smoked uh, some strains through a pipe before. and I can honestly tell you, the blunt and the blunt and joints are last for me because I actually don't I don't enjoy smoking like that I don't like it at all. But I do see the difference between the two. Uh, and definitely like the option of controlling my high a little bit more versus an uh, edible. An uh, edible is one of those things where it's like a roller coaster. Like, <laughs> once you, yeah, you own that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? But if you, like Mike said, if you know how to portion it. Uh, you know how many milligrams you can go. I think the most I've, I've ever done, which was, probably somewhere around 80, uh sixty four minutes.
1: minute. Jesus but Christ. Also, 80 in one I know setting? That
0: Fuck. might seem like it's a lot, but it depends on <laughs> them, or which company makes them, et cetera, because <laughs> some, some 20 and 10 milligrams are higher than others. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me how. I just know this for sure. Having a personal dealer and messing around with a few different brands there's a huge difference because I have a brand right now where there are 100 a piece, 100 milligrams a piece, and I have to chop them up. So I want to say I was at an all-time high taking 33.3 uh, milligrams, and I don't need that much Mike. That's way 20- too <laughs> because it kept going higher and higher and higher And at one point I just wanted to I just wanted to come down You know what I mean And as I need to look into this But something about chlorine and heat I think heightens the high Because <laughs> I usually I'm high when I go to the jacuzzi And let me tell you Something is just You know the symptoms started popping up Dry mouth All kind of shit You got to keep water on deck I'm talking about water on deck. Dang, you, or your shit start getting a little Dry and choppy and pasty And shit like that Like hell no uh, So from now on I think because I'm getting older um, Yo I could do about 15 just a 20 on a regular 15 to 20 on a regular But again it all depends on who makes them And you know from time to time I might, I might get a pre-roll or something like that But yo grind that shit up And put it in the pipe Like it's crack Man that shit different though too
1: I just don't like the crack reference. Like it is, let's it's it's so this might put, put the weed to crack baby.
2: <laughs> nigga, it's it's <laughs> it's like what well, I know what he's talking about cuz I got one of those pipes. It's like a it's like a in between a bong and a uh and like smoking a joint. Like it's just like with the bong you got the water filter. So like the smoke filters through the water and with mine I got the uh I keep calling it the extendo, but it's the uh, <laughs> it's the um, it's called an ash catcher. Uh, and that like I, you saw Johnny talking about it in the chat, probably. And it, it basically dub, it's a second it's a second water filter. So like by the time the smoke get to me, it's been filtered through water twice. So like that's the bong. The pipe don't have that water filter, but it's the same thing. It's like you put the weed in this little bowl part. And it's, it's literally, it's like a, it's a crack pipe. Like, it looks just like a crack pipe. Like, um, it, okay, in the most recent episode of uh Wedding Time, Spencer, Spencer Haywood used that. But he was actually, he put crack in his. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those. And like, I got one of them too. And it's just, it's just, you put weed in that and then you just light it. And it's, it's, yeah. And I, I I can't recall, I only think I only used it once. So I can't really recall what kind of high I got off of that, but, um, it would be missing the filter. So I I feel like uh, the filter, the water, I feel like, I feel like he would like a bong a lot if he hasn't had one, I don't know, but I feel like he would like that a lot, but yeah, 80, 80 is a lot. (laughs) That's high as fuck. Oh. And there was something he mentioned in there that I want to talk about because I was listening to his podcast. Um, I don't know if it was the most recent, it's either the most recent episode or the one before that, but he was talking about how, you know, he said he'd be going to the jacuzzi. I don't. I, maybe it's because I'm not a swimming ass nigga, but he made it sound like they have like public jacuzzi rentals. Okay. But like, you go to a place and they got jacuzzis that you could just rent, and you could just be in there drinking and whatever. And there's a pool there, and other people can be in there with you that you don't know. And it's like, I guess, like like I said, public rented jacuzzi or something. That was what I gleaned from it. And I, I, because I'm not clear on it, because he just talked about it as if it's a known thing. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, what is this nigga talking about, dog? Like, you could, like, you, you was in a jacuzzi with other people. Like, what? Like, we, like, yeah, we went to the jacuzzi. He's jacuzzi. He's like, he said, it's like a five minute drive. And that's what, that's what my ears park up. I'm like, wait, a five minute drive. Like, what is happening right now? So, like, is that a thing? Like, you a swimming ass nigga. Is that a thing? <laughs> like, or, or am I tripping? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause, I, okay, because I've never heard of that. He made it sound so casual. I'm like, is this a thing or is it just a thing that? I
1: mean, I guess if you can go to a, a pool, you can go to a jacuzzi. I don't know. shit.
2: I guess, but yeah, I don't know. That was, that was just seemed kind of weird. Like, because jacuzzi's are way more intimate than pools. So, <laughs> like, like yeah. I y'all want to be in a jacuzzi with another nigga. Like, I might right. touch his feet. Nigga. Like, yeah, I, I was that? just about to say, you might, you might touch a toe or something, dog. <laughs> I'll like, be playing footsies with a strange nigga in a jacuzzi. <laughs> like, the fuck? Like, I don't know. That would, I would be really, I would not want to do that. But he made it sound like him and his wife do that pretty regularly because he was talking about I can't remember the story, but he was talking about like she was high and uh, some other person. I think jumped in the pool and she said that he did a cannonball, but it was something different that he actually did. And they were high and laughing or whatever. It was some story like that and i'm all I'm, all i'm taking in is the fact that they have i guess publicly rented jacuzzis and i was like that is so weird to me <laughs> and he makes it sound like they do it regularly and i'm like i'm like does he think that this is everywhere and that's why he's talking about it like that instead of explaining where he went cuz i really want to know what this kind of place is <laughs> nah, just, but then I I, but then my next thought was like well maybe i just maybe it is everywhere and i just don't know about it cuz i don't be swimming like so yeah
1: i I, I, I definitely haven't been to Anything like that, or whatever, so that'd be something he had to answer. Um, I hadn't even listened to the latest yet, or if that's the latest, I left off with him and Homegirl talking about the afterlife and coming back as birds and shit. And I was like, This is, I'm like, I need to be high for this shit. This is just way <laughs> too much to be sober.
2: <laughs> was that that's the same one where they were talking about like, uh, like deja vu and, and shit I like that? I think so,
1: yeah, 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 yeah and,
2: and simulation theory and all that kind I'm of stuff. Like, shit. I need
1: to be smoking for this one. This is just, I was on my way home, I was like, This is way too much for just coming home from work. I need to be sipping on something at the very least
2: oh yeah no i'll be on that shit yeah i was (laughs) i'll be thinking about that kind of stuff all the time (laughs) like like simulation theory is one of my favorite things to just sit around and think about
1: (laughs) it almost never crosses my mind
2: here's a here's a before we can wrap up but like real quick i want to give a thought on simulation theory because i was listening to baylor and whoever that was talk about it and i I wanted to reply to it because they were both talking about it and i was like I wonder if for simulation theory, and this is gonna be okay, one, let me let, let me preface by saying my high is starting to kick here right now. <laughs> so, Fair enough. So let me just let me just put that out there. But I wonder if let's say simulation theory is real, right? And we in a simulation. I don't necessarily think that we are all collectively in the same simulation necessarily. Like we could be in our own individual simulations to where like everybody who I interact with in real life might not actually even be real people like they're just part of my individual simulation. So like they're real within my simulation, but like maybe there's say maybe there's an Otis who has his own simulation and his simulation is entirely different from mine. I don't exist in his. He don't know me. He lives in fucking China and like whatever. You know, like I, I've I've entertained the thought that simulation theory doesn't necessarily have to be. Uh, we are all collectively in a simulation. It could be like we are all in our own respective simulations. And that's just a weird thing to say. Like I've thought about it a lot but I've never said it to another person. Cause that's a weird thing to say to another person. Like you might not actually be real person I'm talking to. You might just be a character in my simulation. <laughs> like, I mean,
1: I mean, that is something to think about. I've never thought about it to that extent, but now you kind of got me thinking
2: like. I think about yeah. simulation theory a lot. Cause I feel like a lot of the things that we collectively agree on as being weird are evidence that, Evidence of the possibility of a simulation, like deja vu, like deja vu uh, Mandela effect. Uh, um, those are the main two. I'll, I'll just stop at those two. Those two things to me feel like if we did live in a simulation, they're evidence of like the glitch in the simulation. Like the deja vu is evidence of like a glitch in your simulate simulation, and the fact that we all collectively remember stuff like the mandela the mandela effect that we all collectively remember things but then we look it up and and it's not real and it wasn't like that like that's another thing that makes me think about the simulation theory like how do we all feel like we all collectively experience something and we're all wrong like if i thought that myself okay but like we all thought that
1: deja vu gets me because the the you know, the, the idea of that happening in a different realm or world or something. It's like, so we don't remember that world. We just, we're just in the present. Like, like when did that happen? And like, what world was that? Or, you know what I mean? Like it, the, I guess the thoughts can just continue or continue, but deja vu is the one that definitely gets me.
2: Deja like when did this happen? Deja vu is something that as soon as I feel it, I start to pay attention like I'll, I'll be like can i remember what's gonna happen next and i never can but i'll be in a situation where i'm like i feel like this has happened before and then as soon as i feel that i'm like okay what happened after this and then i'll yeah. like see if i can like see it happen or something like that and it never happens and like that just again further serves my idea that we could live in a simulation because i'm like it's it's it feels like a glitch for somebody who might be living a simulation. Like, oh, this already happened. Like, that sounds like that sounds like some simulation shit. Like, hey, I remember this, and it I never guess, happened.
1: <laughs> but it's like part of it that makes me, and I don't want to um, keep this going longer because I know we going a while, but the part that bugs me about, like, afterlife or before life is that we don't, no one knows a soul who's been in the before life. So how are we basing this on we're going to be, you know,
2: you mean like re- reincarnation or yeah, or just, you know,
1: like well, when you so say
2: before life, you mean like just had saying, a
1: previous life. So like when I think of uh, deja vu, I associated with and I thought they were saying it, but maybe not of that happening in a different life, that incident. Oh,
2: that OK. Yeah, that was them. I don't look at it that way.
1: And my thought is like when did it ha- when did it happen but then it's like no none of us has been in a different life so it's like we no one can attest for if that happened in a different life or that uh a brain fart of some other situation or something you know
2: but yeah again i, think, I would I have to be half of that shit it's like the multiple it's like kind of like the multiple timelines kind of idea like maybe it's not a before life it's a a different timeline like a maybe a timeline like i thought about that too like is there timelines that exist where i made a different decision at a pivotal moment like if instead of doing blank i did blank and there's a timeline that exists in the multiverse where i made the the other decision and then i live out that life post that decision so maybe that's what they mean when they talk about like deja vu being part of a different life maybe it's like a different timeline because i'm definitely high enough to talk about it so i think I
1: think, (laughs) i think timeline definitely is a better explanation of it versus like a before life or after life, different timeline.
2: Yeah. I always looked at it literally almost like I experienced this before. So now, I, but it's always, it always feels like too similar. Like it can be a thing. Like I experienced it before. Like, Oh, I went to that restaurant before and, and I ate that meal, but like something very specific. That's kind of like more I, of remember, what
1: I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah. My, my, my experiences with deja vu feel too specific. Like, an exact commercial that's on at the same time as I have this cup sitting here to my left at the same time as my computers to my right, like very specific shit that feels like, wait a minute, this all feels very familiar right down to how everything is positioned and what I'm seeing right now. And when that happens, that's when I go like, okay, well what happened after this then? And then that's why that, and then that's when it ends. And that's why it feels like a glitch to me. I spent a lot of time thinking about simulation.
0: <laughs> I, I see shit.
2: <laughs> a lot of time. Cause I, the reason I think about it is cause I, I, I feel like the way life works, it almost feels like it can't be real. Like the idea of like the same things happening to you or the same things that have happened to other people could potentially happen to you. Like all the different, like, like, Crazy stories of like, say, somebody randomly dying in a car accident or a plane crashing. Like it could be like, okay, those people who are on that plane that crashed, like theoretically, that could have been me. I've been on a plane eight million times. What if I was on that plane that crashed? And like the the, the randomness of life, I think, is what makes me think about the simulation theory. Like all of these things that seem random around me are actually not random. They're just part of the the way to make me feel like this is real. Cause like if everything felt structured, you'd probably be more inclined to feel like it was a simulation. But when things feel random and and spontaneous, you're not going to think it's a simulation. You're going to think it's just life being life. And then so like that it it in turn has that opposite effect on me. I think like, man, shit is so fucking random. Like, is this meant to just make me feel like this is real? Because like a lot of wild shit happens to a lot of people but then also, like, I've had like a fairly normal life, like nothing crazy's happened to me. And it makes me think like, OK, could something crazy happen to me or is all this crazy stuff part of my simulation to help keep me kind of like grounded? And realize like crazy shit can happen at any time, which makes life feel more real. I'm telling you, dog, I'd be high thinking about that shit. <laughs> oh, that's funny.
1: Yeah, I definitely don't think by much. But when I listened to the podcast, I was
2: definitely like, hmm. Yeah. They were going to listen to this and be like, man, I had no idea I could be talking to this thing about all that shit. <laughs> That's funny. I dude. have thoughts on all that shit, except there was one thing they mentioned that I'd never heard of before. What was that? <laughs> What'd you say? Oh, which which part was that? Oh, I don't, I don't remember what it was. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, they mentioned Butterfly Effect. There was something else they mentioned, I, I can't remember because i never heard of it, but yeah, that was an interesting episode.
1: I guess we could wrap up at this point. Uh, we were going to talk about Elon Musk and Twitter, but shit, by next week, he might, even, might not even buy that shit, so we can, we can table that to next week, and our thoughts on that won't change, so... Yeah, whether he buy it or not, I still got something to say to y'all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... We'll, uh, we'll be back next week for that. So, peace. Peace. You can find a What Up Do podcast wherever you get your podcasts from Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all of them. Do you listen on iTunes? If you haven't already, drop us a review. If you got questions, you can send them to What Up Dope Podcast at Gmail. That's W U D U P D O E P O D C A S T at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook. Or you can find us on Twitter at WhatUpDoPodcast. Peace.